Hello, friends. It's time for another edition of the Gold and Steel Show, where we discuss all things Vegas Golden Knights. Today, we'll discuss Arizona's relocation drama, the Morgan Riley hit and connected suspension, and also our special plans for a UK episode of the show. We'll talk all about that. And of course, we'll cover all of your listener questions regarding the VGK. Most of your questions were focused on the health of the roster, special teams, and possible upcoming trades. So we've got a lot to cover. I'm your host, JP. I'm here with my usual partner in crime, Ian. Ian, how you doing, buddy? I mean, we got to jump right into this because we got a lot to cover, but dude, I'm coming to England. This is our announcement. <laughs> you are, I'm yes, coming yeah. to England. And so, so for our listeners, Ian and I have actually never met each other face to face. We this nope. has been entirely a virtual project. And I'm going to England and Ian and I are going to record the first episode of this show where we're actually in the same room. <laughs> and we got some possibly some special plans about where and how we're going to do that, but it's going to be a blast, right, buddy? Yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, you know, we've, we've got some plans for your time here, but we thought like it w- yeah. what an opportunity to record an episode you know, in the same venue at the same time, same time zone. So you don't have to get up at like yeah. 1 a.m. and I don't have to yeah. do it at 8 a.m. We can pick <laughs> yeah, out like a normal right. human time to record this. So, yeah, um, so yeah, looks yeah. Like it's going to be cool. I've no idea. Well, we've, like you said, we're throwing around some ideas on venue. Um, mm-hmm. We want something that some feels fun. British, as much as I could say that. So we could end up in a fish and chip shop and doing it there or something. I have no idea. But, um, but yeah, looking forward to it, man. Got, be a, got, a, got a couple of good ideas in the hopper. So that will be the next episode of this show for all our listeners. It the will. next episode, yeah. Ian and I will be together in the same spot. And we're toying with the idea we've talked about possibly making that a trade deadline focused show. Uh, because we'll be right up against the trade deadline at that point. Will, and yeah. there'll probably be a lot of news flying around about what's happening in the league and what's happening specifically with Vegas. So some exciting news there we wanted to share with you before we get into the uh, to the meat of the episode here. So <laughs> that's going to be a blast. Um, let's get into the, to the stuff here, Ian. So a little bit of news before we get into our Vegas listener questions. We asked everybody on Twitter slash X, for questions and a lot of people submitted some great stuff and so we're going to get to that in a second but before we do we have to talk about this arizona thing man and we have talked about this on this show a number of times everybody knows how i feel about it and i think you feel the same I, i'm so sick of the arizona thing it has been 25 years of absolute mess and they keep stringing it along and stringing it along they you do. know they're playing in mullet arena they don't have plans they don't have any plans in place for a new place to play. And their lease at Mullet is going to be up after three years. There's not enough time for them to build an arena. They don't have anything in place. They claim that they've got some possible things, but it it just doesn't look good. But before we rolled in, you mentioned something really interesting that I hadn't considered. And I'm going to throw it to you. But yep. we know there's been a lot of talk about the Coyotes possibly moving to Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. But you had a really interesting theory on that, and I think I think there's some credence to it, and I, I'd like you to share it with the listeners here. But talk to me a little bit about this Arizona thing and what you think about it, because this is a perspective I haven't heard a lot. Yeah, so I, I mean that is the narrative we hear a lot, which is the team's going to get relocated, which they might, 
um, and uh, and Salt Lake was the the kind of main choice, mainly because the owner, obviously the same guy that owns the Utah Jazz, has got an arena, is you know wants an NHL team. You're like ticking all the boxes, right? So it's there. But one thing that people are are, are overlooking is the financial aspect of this. So. The expansion draft in its new format has been like immensely lucrative. So Vegas paid, I believe, five hundred million, and I'm pretty certain that uh, you know maybe it's five fifty. I mean, when you when over five hundred million, what's another fifty million in the pot, right? And then uh, Seattle was <laughs> around six hundred, six fifty, um, mm-hmm. and that for what they paid for their expansion teams, it went up. And the expectation is that the next expansion teams, and there is a lot of rumors it's going to be a double expansion so that the league stays kind of even. So there'll be two teams that come in at the same time. Um, is that the expectation is that whoever that is, is going to have to pay $950 million. I sound like Dr. Right. Evil saying that, but $950 million. Right? We're, we're approaching a billion yeah, dollars billion. for an expansion. Yeah, yeah. So like it's, yeah. uh, so, but it's, <laughs> And for for that reason alone, I, I just want to quash the idea of Salt Lake City. I mean, it, it, look, if, if Arizona moves there, then I'm going to look like an idiot saying this, but I don't care. It's fine. I'll probably look like an idiot saying lots of things. So this is, this is going to be no different. But the, the, and I can just blame it on being British. Like, I don't know anything. But the, uh, but, but the, <laughs> the financial aspect, right, of this is why, like, why would Bettman do this? Like, there's a whole host of options for Arizona, which I'll go through in a second. Why would you pick the option that takes nine hundred and fifty million off the table? Because you're not, yeah, because yeah, they said, well, they're going to pay for the Coyotes. Yeah, they're going to pay the current owner for the Coyotes. Not going to pay the NHL. So, yeah, nine hundred fifty million off the table. And Batman is many things, but the guy is a businessman. Okay, he's a shrewd businessman. You would argue as well. The league has grown considerably under his watch. You know. There are aspects of him and things he says I don't agree with, but you can't deny the NHL is in a better position today than it was mm. 10, 15, mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Yeah, or you could mm. deny it, but you'd be wrong. So the so from a financial aspect, like I think people need to get Salt Lake City out of their mind. Salt Lake City will enter the NHL. That's my hot take. And I've got my media board, so I should have got it ready. But it, that's my so imagine some fire emoji, right? That's my hot take. For, yeah, exactly. There you go. Thanks. So this is good as shake. So this is the sort of stuff we're going to have to do when we're together. There'll be no media board, so we're going to have to kind of do our own effects. I know, right? Um, it's it's going to be weird. But so get Salt Lake City out of your mind because they're coming into the NHL as the Salt Lake City something as an expansion team. My guess is it will be coupled with somebody else. That I think more than likely will be. Canadian, but who the who knows? Who knows on the other? I I, I mm. don't know who the other one is, but Salt Lake City will be one of them, and they'll pay. Yeah, maybe not nine fifty, but even if it's eight hundred or seven fifty, it doesn't matter. You're not going to take that off the table. So Arizona yeah. really only has two options. They have the option for somebody to buy the team and move it to another location, so up sticks and move. But it would have to be somebody who, as you rightly said, the Mullet Arena ends. This is the second of three seasons. So this season is pretty pretty much halfway through. So you've got a season and a half mm-hmm. left in Mullet, which, by the way, obviously is hemorrhaging cash. I mean, Forbes came out recently and said that the Arizona is cash positive. I have no idea how the hell they are. I mean, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to doubt Forbes, but I will because 
like they make like that I must that. be league yeah. subsidy. Like it can only be the way that they're breaking yeah. even because the revenue yeah. doesn't add up. Like their team costs. No. You know, with cap, obviously, it's not as quite as much as it would appear. But still, like the arena holds the same sort of level of attendance you'd expect in, an, in a UK elite league game. So it's no way that they should be comparing yeah, apples and apples. It's like right? five or six thousand. That's or what something. I mean, right? Yeah. So, but that ends in a year and a half, which means that whoever buys this now has got to have an arena or has got to have the ability to build an arena in a year and a half, which is nearly impossible. So, yeah, you know, a, a hockey arena, any sports arena, you're talking a three to five year project, right? To build an arena of yeah, that size, oh, you huge. can't do it in a year yeah. and a half unless you already mm-hmm. had planning. You know, like <laughs> the contractors were there with spades, like stood on the edge, like waiting. I mean, it took Seattle, like I don't know what two, three years to retrofit the key arena or whatever the hell it's climate pledge arena. So, sorry, is what it's called these days. But the like. So to build an arena from scratch, you've got no chance. So you're looking for somebody, you were looking for a venue, say the place has got to have a venue today, the owner's got to want to buy this team, and then they'll relocate. That's how this is going to work. Now, the yeah. obvious, people, right. I can hear people screaming through there, you know, if you're watching us on YouTube, then hello. Uh, if you're listening to us, then you know, hello as well. Um, uh, but <laughs> the you're saying, well, that's what Salt Lake City has. They have the venue. Utah Jazz are already playing in it. Yeah, I hear you. But again, they're not going to take $750 million off the table. So you're then looking at, well, where's the other places that this could happen? Houston, potentially. Houston will make a lot more sense than Salt Lake City for no other reason than Houston is a shitload closer, right? It's a lot closer, okay? And mm-hmm. and therefore, you've got the ease from that side. Um, but And, and there's, other, there's other, we could, we could talk about venues all day, but for me, you're looking relocation, um, not to Salt Lake City. So it'll be somewhere, and I imagine it'll be somewhere on the West Coast. Because otherwise, again, yeah. it creates an absolute hassle for the league. This isn't a good look, right, for the NHL anyway. Yeah. If they move them to, say, you know, Hartford or somewhere like on the East Coast, for example, like it just looks ridiculous because the team moves, the fan base is is, is knackered because you've got that, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't like the Coyotes organization. I don't like what they've done for the past 20 years. I think they've been poorly managed um, for a long period of time. But that's none of that is on the fan base, right? That's not their fault that their team's been, they've been poorly managed for, for decades. So then you've got, you're going to move the team so far away from the fan base that they, they're literally disconnected completely. I mean, it makes no sense. So right. for me, it's West right. Coast and it's somewhere mm-hmm. that's got a venue and wants to buy it which is easier said than done. Yeah. But I guarantee you Batman is yeah. having these conversations already because what he yeah. has to make sure is that he gives this ownership group every chance to save this team because what he can't be allowed to be seen is that he pulls the trigger too early and then the ownership have right. got, well, look, we, the league didn't give us chance. We had the ability to get this sorted, but they took that ability away from us. So right. he has to make sure they've explored all their options. But, you know, this is yeah. going to come to a head quick. The only reason I don't think there's been an announcement yet and this isn't a hot take because I've listened to other podcasts that have said the same thing, I just agree with them, is the last bit of Arizona news that came out came out right before one of the NHL's games. This was like last year or the year before. So just before they were about to have some mm-hmm. sort of stadium series or a re-winter classic or come out what game it was, one of the games where it was outside, or it may have even been the playoffs, Arizona kind of reared its head again. 
And you could see the the marketing teams in the league thinking, oh my God, please stop announcing stuff to do with you straight before we're trying to push this this, this league, this kind of this product. Um, and with the stadium yeah. series, which is this weekend, as we record, it's the 17th already for me. I think it may actually be the 17th for you, which is very early in the morning. It is now, yeah. You, yeah. So <laughs> hey, we crossed over in the same, we're on the same day. And um, <laughs> is like, they're not going to announce it now. But the second that stadium series is over, don't be shocked if there's an announcement, which is something along the mm. lines of, this team is now for sale. And yeah. the ownership group, which, by the way, are still on to make money, which is mental um, if they sell it. it. I think that's the way it goes. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's the expansion thing, I think, is, is, is where Salt Lake come in. And this is not... This is not because they don't like the product or because it's tainted goods. They're all reasons to not want Arizona, by the way, but it's purely cash. That's all this is about. They're yeah. not going to turn down 800, 900 million. Yeah, almost like the markets in which a an ownership group has come forward expressing serious interest in, in an expansion team. Almost by doing that, it's almost like they've removed themselves from consideration for being a market that could purchase the coyotes i feel like it has to be well if they're going to move to a market it would be more like a market that the nhl has determined is not a serious possibility for expansion possibly for one reason or another and and so uh, you, and it, it would be basically like somebody who's looking for more of a budget purchase and i say that in quotes <laughs> because what are the coyotes what is the coyotes worth like so, what are they worth as a franchise yeah. I, I don't know but i'm be i'm going to I'm willing to bet, you know, they're probably, what are they worth 250 million or 300 million? They're, they're going to be a cheap buy compared well, to have a no lot assets, of franchises. Right? So if you exactly. think about how and a, a business is valued, okay, you could say, well, they've got yeah. a team. Well, yeah, they have got a team. Yeah, you're right. They've got assets, they've got contracts, they've got players, they've got staff, there's IP, there's the, the logo, the branding, you know, the goodwill associated mm -hmm. around all those kinds of things. But if you're valuing a business without me getting into total work speak here, um, for those of you that know what I do as a job, I'm not going to, I promise. Um, but the assets <laughs> of that of that business are going to drive what the value of it is. And the biggest one you right. would have if you're a sports franchise would be your training facility and your arena. And I don't know what the training mm -hmm. facility situation is, so maybe they've got that. But they right. certainly don't have an arena because the mullet arena is leased. So there is no asset yeah. there. Um, right. it's a real, it's a real mess. It really is a mess. I said, I feel, I do feel sorry for the, for the fan base. Um, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's not a good yeah, look. And they, and they clearly aren't, I mean, whatever creative accounting or announcements or whatever, they're clearly not solvent. I mean, that's why they've got kicked out of their last arena. They weren't paying their bills. So unless 100%. there's something else, some other grand conspiracy going on, Arizona is not as a business are, are not solvent. So that's the other issue here is. Oh, it yeah. can't be worth much, but and, and let's be honest as well. The other saga, thirty-one teams, they hate this mm -hmm. because they know they're subsidizing yeah. that team over and above. Because that was right. that came out last yeah. year when they moved to the Mullet mm -hmm. Arena, everybody kicked off saying this is ridiculous. We're subsidizing a team that's not viable. Um, now, obviously, mm -hmm. some GMs didn't come out and say that because they're not going to because it makes the product on the ice look poor. But um, sure, yeah, it's uh, but you know the conversation just have been needs had. to get resolved yeah. now. They just need to draw a line. And for me, I think whoever takes it over, you need to, you know, take old yellow outside. 
Pop the shotgun. Right? <laughs> Tell little Timmy he's going to a farm in the yeah. sky. And then, yeah. because I think you move to a new place, you get rid of the mm-hmm. jerseys, you get rid of the logo, you get rid of the name, and you basically say the franchise history starts today. And you start yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think uh, I hate to say it, but I, I just this is the Arizona experiment needs to be wiped from the record. It, in an alternate history, maybe it would have worked, yeah. but it totally failed. And twenty five totally years failed. is more than enough to determine <laughs> yeah. whether or not it's going to work. Yeah. And I think the jury has been out on that uh, for a long time. And th- that's not a, a, a hit on the Phoenix market. It's just mm. it's been bad management. There, right? We can go through all the things, but. Um, anyway, we always seem like we have to revisit this topic once every couple of months on this show, just because it's it's obviously just big ongoing NHL news. And since Arizona was a Pacific Division team for a long time, and it's just up the road, it's three and a half hours, four hours from Vegas, so uh, it's 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 kind of local news in a way. But all right, let's let's move on. We've certainly covered enough of the Arizona debacle, and I'm sure there'll be more to talk about next time. But <laughs> one more bit of news before we get into our listener questions and our, our VGK stuff. Let's talk a little bit about this Morgan Riley thing. Obviously, uh, the Morgan Riley, there was a hit, a cross check. Uh, you can talk us through it a little bit here, Ian, but the connected with that incident, Morgan Riley faced supplemental discipline and was suspended for five games, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. So let's talk a little bit about that. The vibe seems to be that that is an extremely harsh (laughs) disciplinary action compared to a lot of other incidents of a similar nature. So that seems to be the narrative. A lot of people feel like that is an unfair suspension and that's ex- that's very extreme in this circumstance but maybe for our listeners who might not know as much about what happened Ian talk just talk us briefly through what happened and then give me your thoughts on yeah, this suspension absolutely what, what do you fine. think about it um so the in the game against the Ottawa Senators uh the Ottawa Senators scored with an empty net goal to win the game um they'd already won the game obviously but they scored an empty net goal now, the forward whose name escapes me right now, um, not one of the kind of big names. I have a feeling his name is Greg. But anyway, so the forward has, has you know, got the puck, going through to the empty net, and he decides that he's going to slap shot this, you know, into the empty net, which obviously is seen as being like taunting effectively. I mean, it is unnecessary to say the least. Um, and... If you're going to do something like that, you've got to expect a repercussion from the other team, which is exactly what happened. So he takes this slap shot and Morgan Riley comes over to him, skates over quite a distance, I might point out, and basically cross-checks him in the head with a stick, which I don't agree with. Okay, so the one thing with this, and and obviously I posted something on on X, sorry, the other day about it, um, but... The thing when it comes to any kind of hit or suspension is I think you have to take two things out of the equation straight away. Firstly, you have to take out the teams involved and your kind of like or dislike of those teams. 
very easy with Toronto to go, well, I should have had 10 because it's the Maple Leafs, right? But like, like it's like, <laughs> why not a whole season ban? Like it's not, it's, it's easy right. to do that because like lots of play, or lots of no doubt people that, that watch and listen to this show don't like the Maple Leafs. And I would probably put myself in that category. I don't either. But you have to remove that. And they have to remove your like or dislike for the player involved. We see this a lot when it comes to Brad Marchand and stuff that he does. And people normally want there to be a, a tougher sentence because it's him. Because yeah. he's seen as being a repeat offender, which he is, but there's lots of people in the league that are, but he's just kind of the bad boy and therefore everybody hates. And with Morgan Riley, because he plays for the Leafs, because he can be quite a, you know, a controversial figure, I guess, at times, that I think there's a lot of that. I mean, if you sit there and you ask an Ottawa fan what they think, they think it should have been like 10 games, right? You ask a Maple Leaf fan, they yeah. think it should have been a two, you know, just a slap on the wrist. But I think the reality is it's probably right. somewhere in the middle. Okay. Now, I don't hate the five games. What I don't like is how easy it is to show other footage of the same thing that either received no suspension or much more lenient suspensions. And I haven't mm-hmm. seen, as we record on the 17th, a real explanation from the dopes, so the Department of Player Safety, as to what actually why they've justified this being a five-game suspension and things like i mean the footage i've seen recently is chara doing the same thing the other year um matthews obviously still toronto doing the same thing the other year it's in a scuffle around the net but uh, literally a cross check a boff straight to the straight to the face you know mm-hmm. and, and obviously the the act itself is very dangerous so we could probably spend 30 minutes talking about this which we won't but my issue with it and i'd be interested to know what the listeners and the viewers feel so f- please feel free to put your opinions in the comments there is no right or wrong answer to this, to this point right you can disagree with me or agree with me that's fine there's, there's no right well, the department of player safety has decided it's five games right? and they are the lords and masters so it is five games i just feel like it's there just needs to be a little bit more consistency when it comes to this stuff so if you're going to give riley five games the next time somebody cross checks to the head directly to the head they should also get fired. If you really want to stamp it out, you've got to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. I just think the problem the league has is it's too easy for people to post something very quickly on social media to say, this is the exact same thing and you did nothing. So I, it's the consistency. I was surprised. I thought he would get suspended. My gut feel was it was going to be two to three games. So when it was five, I was like, oh, that's probably that's a, a bit yeah. harsh compared to that's what... That's a heavy suspension. Yeah, compared to what yeah. other similar acts of aggression in the same type of aggression have received as, as, as you know, as reprimands. Mm-hmm. So that was my take on it. I thought it was a bit harsh. Do you, do you think it's possible that one of the things that goes on is behind closed doors they have these private meetings and they say, you know what? We've got to crack down on this. We're going to just have to start being more harsh about this particular kind of penalty or about this particular kind of act. We're seeing this more and more in the league. And so, you know what? It's time to crack down. And so we're just going to be dealing out harsher penalties from now on out, harsher punishments from here on out when this kind of thing happens. Do you think maybe this suspension was a shift they're not going to announce this, obviously, but do you think this behind closed doors maybe is a shift? They're saying, okay, you know what? We got to cut down on this stuff. Yeah. And so we're going to start penalizing these things more harshly or punish. Maybe this is point. one of those moments. Is that a possibility? It is. It is. And it's a very good point because yeah. the, yeah. you know, it, I, I don't know how many cross checks to the head there's been so far in the, in the league this season. 
But maybe the Department of Player mm-hmm. Safety sat down and was like, look, guys, enough is enough now. Like the two games not right. working. We need to send a message. The message is we're not having that in our league. I do think it, it right. in, in defense of the Department of Player Safety, and you won't hear me say that very often. Um, the uh, the <laughs> fact that it was I don't think I've ever heard you say effect, that. <laughs> probably never again. <laughs> but the the fact that it was after the game had technically finished. Like maybe that's the reason for that. You know, look, they may. By the time this that's is true. actually releases, yeah. they may well have come out. And, you know, they normally do their videos, it's, don't they, and say this, 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 and this. Sure. But, yeah, and I also understand it's pretty egregious, like because yeah. we've got a similar thing in in rugby right now, which obviously is a big sport in the UK, um, and mm-hmm. where they're trying to crack down on head-on-head contact. But it's really right. difficult because it's a very physical game. So it's like a like what's a red card, what's a yellow card, what's just a you know slap on the wrist. So they've had to kind mm. of start with one idea, and then as it's gone on, they've kind of taken other things into account. So maybe with this, they just decided that unfortunately Riley was the person who did it, and it could have been anybody at any team. Right. But they were like, right, yeah. we're not having this anymore. So you're getting five games because that's mm. not acceptable. There was it wasn't a scuffle, and you retaliated. You literally went out to go and hit him. Um, you know, and, and that I can under, yeah. I can understand. I can understand that it's so, after the play, and it's particularly egregious because it's at, because like the play it was. Is not, I mean, it, the, I saw people saying it was unprovoked. It wasn't unprovoked because you can't taunt the other team and then complain when they hit yeah. you, right? Like, he knew right. what he was doing when he slap shot. He didn't need. Mm-hmm. It was already pretty much rolling in. I mean, he. Yeah. All he needed to do was like just kiss the puck in. That would have been it. Which most players would. I mean, we've right. seen Stone and others. They'll just literally just drag mm-hmm. it in. Like they won't even shoot, right? Yeah. They'll just literally just like drop it in. Um, right. And mm-hmm. for him to literally like wind up and shoot this puck in, like he knew what he was doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he was it's, always going to get something. It it's in. like when you when you shoot the goalie, yeah. right? If you shoot a puck at the goalie after yeah. the whistle's gone, you can't. If someone pushes you yeah. over, you can't go whoa. Like it's like, well, no, whoa, mate. Yeah. Like you took you prodded the bear, you're going to get the claws, right? And yeah. that's what <laughs> right. that's what you're I felt like with this it, is yeah. that. The, if I was going to say it was harsh, it wasn't because I, I think what Riley did was okay. I don't think what Riley did was okay. And, and I think concussion is something the league yeah. really needs to get control of. But, yeah, you know, you're going to taunt these guys. Like, there's a lot of emotion on that ice every night. It's a, it's a big game between yeah. two Canadian teams. Now, he was asking for mm-hmm. something. I just think maybe what he got was a bit, sure. was a bit over the top. Sure, the response was not measured. The response was perhaps too far the other direction, right? Yes. But uh, but that's hockey, right? Tempers are hot. And clearly, for him to rub it in their face, like you said, there was obviously already some some business going on out there, probably. Who knows what was said from who from bench <laughs> to bench? I mean, right, there's always chirping. and There is. So there was maybe the temperature was already a little bit high in that game, possibly. But uh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's interesting. It'll it'll be interesting to see if they if they come out with any additional explanations or official kind of um, explanations or statements about about this. But uh, I'm with you there. The it is confusing sometimes. You, do, you just don't always know what the Department of Player Safety is going to come back with, right? And then mm-hmm. it's really if if you go by the unofficial rule that a playoff game suspension is equal to two regular season games. I mean, we saw a couple of suspensions during the playoffs that so over some pretty nasty stuff that didn't get that much. Right. I think Petro Petrangelo for his slash on dry was one, one game. game. Was it one game? And, and this is I my believe point. So. And like, 
You know, you could yeah. say it was to a hand, not a head, but like, but it was again, it was it was not unprovoked, but it was it wasn't it wasn't it, like it was he was he was, it was literally just he was peed off, right? Yeah, because I've already sworn one. And once it was on similar. This it was so, after the play, yeah, exactly, and he literally yeah. just you know, like like you said, two handed chop on uh, dry salt's hands, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. From from memory, so yeah, yeah, and, and then <laughs> even the. Um, even the, I believe it was was Jamie, the captain of the stars, Jamie, Jamie ben, ben, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, his cross check to the head of Stone as he was falling down, yes. which is a super dangerous play. That was only two games. So if you yeah. go by that unspoken rule in the regular yeah. season, that would be four, not five. So yeah. you're right. This is a very harsh punishment relative to what we've seen. But once again, like you said, it could be Department of Player Safety just making Sending a statement message. here yeah. trying to say. Yeah, that that's enough, but mm-hmm. great. All right, well, that was a long news section, but some interesting <laughs> convo, and definitely, as always, Ian, you and I always have a lot to say about these yeah. things. But So we asked for listener questions this week about Vegas, and we feel like this is that time of year where the storylines are starting to heat up and the playoff picture is starting to form, and so we thought, let's ask our, our listeners and the people that follow us on X and our YouTube viewers to submit some questions. And what we found was that most of the questions surround about three or four topics. And so what we'd like to do rather than answering each question individually is we'd like to just very quickly read them all. It's not too many. It shouldn't take too long, but just read each one just to recognize each of you that submitted. And once we're done reading them, we will kind of cover the three or four topics separately that that these questions cover. So real quickly, I'm just going to go through these. Uh, Boyd Jackson, which is at B-Z-O-Y-D. One of our ex-friends said, my main question is about the upcoming off-season, UFAs and RFAs. Who stays and who goes? And that's one of the big themes that we're seeing is a lot of questions about trades and movement. So there's more questions about that. Uh, The Real Mr. Hoot, which is one of our longtime listeners and friends. We haven't heard from you in a while, buddy. I'm glad you're back. And he said, height with a smiley face, exactly how high can they go? They will get healthy, they will trade, but exactly how high can VGK go? And that's an interesting kind of philosophical question, really, right? How good can this team get? Uh, it's a hoot special. Moving on, and we're going to... What's that? It's a hoot special, I said, very philosophical. It's a, it's a hoot special. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I always love to hear from that guy, so uh, we appreciate that. But um, Barrett, who's a longtime listener and friend of the show... Uh, at by nigh sci 311 says Riley Smith has been a hot name being brought up in recent VGK trade chatter and rumors. Do you guys think a trade is likely? And there's more than one person that's asked this and Ian and I have already discussed this. We have some thoughts, so we're going to get to that. And then he said, if so, what would it take? Also <laughs> unrelated to VGK, your thoughts on that Morgan Riley cross check and the situation regarding it, LOL. So Barrett, obviously we already discussed that great questions. Thank you for that. And we're going to, Wrap back around to the Riley Smith thing. Uh, Karen VGK23 champions at Keo223 says, do we add a goalie in the mix? Um, Karen, you're the only one that asked that. Uh, you're the only one that asked that question. No one else did. So um, maybe we'll just very quick. Now I'm going to keep reading and we'll come back to that. As I say, I will uh, pick it up. Though, it now, oh, I've, got, I've, got a, I've got a couple yeah. of notes on that one. So it was, good, it was a good question. Ian's got some, some thoughts there. So excellent. Uh, Nikki Rian, another longtime listener. Uh, thanks for your question, Nikki. She says, how can the Knights improve their power play? It's excruciating to watch them struggling on power play for six years. Luckily, they won the cup on five on five. That's true. Very they true. did win the cup yeah. on oh, five Very true on five. at all those points, but yes. 
uh, yeah, the power play is is always the thorn in the side of this team. Mm-hmm. Somehow they won anyway. But um, all right, and then Randall Orton at Randall Randall O two O two zero. Excuse me. Health mainly, maybe add one or two pieces, but I honestly think that once we're fully healthy again, we will be just fine. We already know that these guys can win together. Don't break that up. And that's another theme we've seen a lot of, a lot of talk about health. So we'll cover that in a minute. Mm. Uh, and Doris Truman just said trades, question mark. Yep, trades are on everybody's mind. Thank <laughs> you for that. Um, yeah. Who will be the first VGK to do the gritty Selly. Oh, that's one of our humorous questions. <laughs> and that's yeah. from Scott Knights. <laughs> that's a whole different topic, isn't it? That sort of Selly thing. But Did you read so about how this? Sad Ian? This is, and um, I'm starting to feel like I'm at that, at that age now where you start to feel yourself drifting away from a generation. So you know, in the office yeah, and stuff, yeah. people, you feel that kind of gap, and um, right. And when I saw that question, I literally had to Google that celebration <laughs> so, to look it up. And I was yeah, like, oh, it's yeah, been, that celebration. So, um, but yeah, it's been talked about. Yeah, a little bit this week. I, I, it's no, been I'll kind give of you the answer to NHL that one now. Discussions. I, I really hope yeah. it's Bruce Cassidy. That's what I hope. Mate, is I, hope <laughs> I hope it's Bruce Cassidy when you win the cup again. Bruce Cassidy does that celebration like across the ice yeah. in his full suit. Like, that would be it. amazing. So there you have it, Scott Knights. That's the answer to that question. We're going to go with Bruce Cassidy. My money's on Bruce Cassidy. Uh, great. Uh, so going on, uh, VGK Raiders 702 says, health for sure, but I would like to trade for a shooter that's good on special teams too, if we can circumvent the cap again. And then he had a couple of laughy faces there. So that's a special teams question as well as health. Um, Card Hub Canada asks i would say or this is more of a comment says i would say toughness the first few years we were a lot harder to play against to take a quote from what matthew kachuk said is there is no puck they come out and they set the tone of the game and you noticed that the other day against pittsburgh in the first period so uh yeah uh, we talked uh, he and i uh discussed that a little bit online too we went back and forth a little bit about that the, mm-hmm. i'm just going to touch on that now before we keep reading through the rest of the questions the team is definitely not as uh, hard-edged as they used to be, but they have certainly made up for it with some other things. And I feel like they can scrap in a, in a heavy physical game if necessary. They can certainly give it back. But the whole the team is not necessarily being is not built around the kind of team that beats you to a pulp. That's not necessarily their only weapon. And I would say they strike me as a more well-rounded team. But, um, mm-hmm. but that's yeah, that's a really interesting observation, and I think there's some truth to that. So. Uh, thanks for that question, uh, Card Hub Canada. And Ian, feel free to jump in a little bit later if you have anything else to say there. Uh, going on, almost done with the questions, guys, and then we'll get into these topics. Brian Mason, which is at BCM702GoNights, says, I hear rumors about Riley Smith. Anything to that? <laughs> so that's the second person who's asked about that. And here's another one, Brian Hernandez, at Brian D-H-E-R-Z. Smith trade potential? So there's a lot of gossip and rumor mill about a potential Riley Smith thing. And then Dennis, at Dennis4007561, that is a long username. Uh, Dennis, thanks for your submission. He said health. And then there's a couple of retweets that I would like to also, some, some people prefer to retweet or repost as opposed to just putting a question in the comments. Uh, Carlo, who's a bit of a Knights influencer, he always posts really funny stuff. This guy's hilarious. He's always got great memes and stuff that he makes. Uh, the, a lot of the fan base retweet his stuff. He said, my most pressing question, what the F happened to Goldie the Goldfish? 
Ian, you may or may not know what he's talking about there, but nope, I have the, no the idea Golden what he's Knights, talking about. Okay, the Golden Knights had like an official goldfish <laughs> for a minute, and it was kind of in their social media, and it was just kind of this gimmicky thing they were doing for a minute earlier mm-hmm. this season. I told Carlo, I think the goldfish probably went to goldfish heaven. They don't live that long, and especially when they're in a bowl being passed around the Golden Knights uh, <laughs> facility. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my guess is Goldie the goldfish moved on to the next plane, and uh, the Golden Knights did not announce it. So, <laughs> or, I don't or do think any Carlo's kind of memorial for him. That's uh, that's quite sad. No, so, like exactly. A little, I, little little plaque like on the side of the ice for a little Goldie. I think that'd be quite cute. Yeah, in memoriam. Exactly. But yeah. Carlo's uh, he's known as being a humorous uh, poster, so I'm, I'm sure it's all tongue in cheek his post there. So <laughs> thanks for that, Carlo. And then the last one, Summerlin Platinum Knights, which is at Hobby XX Exchange. Really cool guy. I've met him at games. Uh, fun, fun guy, and always submits cool questions. But he just, just a comment. He said, "Right now it's trades. After the deadline, it becomes health, which determines depth." And that's all very true. The the trades will be interesting. If they're healthy, that really will say a lot about how deep they're going to be able to go in the playoffs. So, all right, that's all of our posts and questions. Listeners and viewers, thank you so much for sharing all those. You can hear there's maybe three or four trends there, and we'll just kind of hit each of those topics real quickly. Obviously, uh, health has been a big concern. Let's just touch on that first, Ian. There's (laughs) maybe not a lot of news on the health front other than, I'm not sure if you're aware, Shea Theodore is skating again in a no-contact jersey. That's great news. Mm -hmm. Arguably the team's number one defenseman, or at least the number two, but he's top pairing. They don't know for sure if he's going to be in the game tomorrow, but he's very close. That is fantastic news. It's going to bolster the the blue line a lot just to have him back in there. And also he's, you know, he's an offensive guy. So uh, it'll, it'll also help with the offense. He joins the rush all the time. So I think that's great news on the health front, but there's no question that injury has plagued this team. I think there's a little bit of a Stanley Cup hangover there for sure. But it's also been a chance to demonstrate the team's depth, right? But in terms of injury, Ian, we still have a few key players that are out of the lineup, I think, right now. There's still at least four, maybe five that are still out injured. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've got a couple. I mean, obviously, Shea Theodore is out. Robin Leonard yeah, is technically think, on a LTIR. Yeah. But you've got I call sure. Carrier Carrier is still out. Eichel, Dorfiev, yeah. yeah. So it's looking better, but health is definitely a, a a big concern. You know, interestingly though, they've still managed to be to win quite a bit. I yeah, mean, yeah. for the yeah. pl- I think it's mo- most important that they're healthy for the playoffs. Right now, they're proving that they can still they're winning three out of every four games, roughly, which is more than enough to keep them in second or third place at least, yep. uh, which is probably where they're going to wind up at this point. I don't, I'm not sure that anybody's catching Vancouver at this point. So. No, 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 no. But a- any other thoughts on health there, Ian, um, or should we move on to I one just, of these so I next? Think it's, it's, uh, it's a valid point. It's a concern. I, I like uh, the guy who said trades first, health second. And I, I think that's probably the way that I would look at yeah. it is you have yeah, to look Summer at your team Knight said that. in terms of, okay, so mm-hmm. what's it look like when everybody's healthy? Is there anybody I want to add to bolster that, like starting lineup? And then mm-hmm. if we take some injuries, what, what areas could do with bolstering from a depth perspective? It's hard though. Like Vegas do have depth and you've proven that. 
over the last, well, 10 games. I mean, you're 7-2-2 two and two in the last, or sorry, 7-2-1, and one, that'll be 11. 7-2-1 uh, in the last 10 games. Um, and that's not, that's going to get you into the playoffs any, any, any year. So it's fine mm-hmm. in terms of the performance right now. Um, is it is it you know not great that Eichel and Theo are, are out? Yes, of course. But is it better that they're out now and not out later? Oh, of course it is, because you don't want them out before the playoffs. It's not bad that they get a chance to kind of reset, get healthy, and then come back for like the final 20, 30 games. Um, so I, I don't worry too much about the the Vegas Golden Knights' health. I think it's not a crisis, put it that way. There were other teams yeah. that have yeah, lost and- players very recently. I think Blake Wheeler went down either last night or the night before for the New York Rangers. He's now out for the rest of the season, guaranteed. I mean, like, or was most likely. So it's, mm-hmm. for me, I don't think Vegas don't really have anybody in that mold. Eichel is the only one I guess people are umming and ahhing about. But Eichel, interestingly, according to Cap Friendly, is now on injury, injur, um, injured reserve, IR, rather than LTIR, right. which means that obviously right. it's easier for him to activate. Shea Theodore, as it stands today, is still on LTIR, long-term injury reserve. This is all a cap aspect, but it does determine how fast or how slow you can reactivate a player back to being onto your playing roster. Um, The good Mm -hmm. news, though, is that when you take injuries in the first half of the year, what it does for a team that's just cash-strapped as Vegas is when it comes to salary cap is it gives you cap. So... Whilst, you know, let's turn a frown upside down, as things are stood right now, is the projected LTAR usage is 6.7 million, which means that as it stands today, again, according to Cap Friendly, not my calculations, because, you know, these guys do it a lot better than I could, um, the deadline space is expected to be 3.7 million. Now, one of the listeners who posted a question was talking about cap circumvention, right? You don't need to do that this year because you've already got it, right? You've already got, you know, give or take 4 million. It's effectively, mm-hmm. given that there's not that many games left and it's prorated in terms of the amount of months left in the season when it comes to contract, you can get a six or seven million pound forward if you want or defenseman. And, and, it, and, and that's absolutely fine. So the injuries have been well-timed. What you don't want to see is you get after the trade, trade deadline, two weeks after the trade deadline, someone gets a career, like a, I was going to say career, obviously we don't want that, but a season-ending injury, that's always right. the killer. Because then if that happens, mm-hmm. you're like, great, I can't trade for anybody, there's no one to go yeah. for, so you're kind of, you're stuffed. And that's where the depth thing comes in. Um, but I wouldn't right. worry about the, I get why the fan base worries about the health, I would too, but I don't think you should because you've proven over the last 10 games that without Eichel, you're still the kind of juggernaut that you should be. So, And a big part mm-hmm. of that is the uh, starts with players, starts with the defense, starts with the goalies. So. Right. And one of the positives, like you said, turn a frown upside down, one of the positives that comes along with injuries for these players mm-hmm. is when they come back, their bodies are completely rested. Now, given... They're having to rehab an injury that in the case of a couple of the players, they've actually had to have surgery. Mm. Eichel had surgery, Theodore had surgery, and that's obviously not ideal. But in terms of part of the reason that some of these injuries are coming up, I think, is because they've had these long playoff runs or they had this long playoff run where they won the cup. Not a lot of time to rest. And then with the brutal season schedule, the NHL schedule is pretty busy. It's a it's a brutal ride. And 
So the, the positive sure. is these injuries force these players to completely rest their bodies and hopefully get healthy for when it really counts. And like you said, if the team is deep enough that they're holding on just fine without these players right now, then like you said, it's better that they get injured now and that they're totally rested and healthy when the playoffs roll around That's when it. it really counts. So before we get to the trade stuff, because I think it's easy to go down the rabbit hole with some of the trade talk, <laughs> um, let's let's touch on special teams because a couple of people okay. brought that up. Special teams, and then Good. we'll briefly touch on the goalie question. So I've got a couple of stats I mean, look, with that, it, uh, JP, before we hop yeah. in. So power play. Yeah, give me the stats. We yeah. are currently 19th in the power play. And I say we because I'm with you guys here. And let's be honest, you can see the jersey I'm wearing. We're not doing anything. So uh, <laughs> we're probably 32 <laughs> in both, right? That's fine. We accept that. <laughs> I accept that. It's okay. Um, so 19th in the power play, which is a 19.8, which is below 20%. There are some teams in the West that would be seen as your competition who are similar in terms of points. So you can see the Kings in there, Kraken, Wild, but it's not a good look. Penalty kill. This was a surprise. Fifteenth uh, in a penalty kill. I thought you would be higher than that. Uh, just over eighty percent, eighty point five. So as basically, as today. just average. So give or take, yeah, just you middle are of the road. like a hundred percent overall, or hundred if you add the two together. Rule of thumb right. is normally if you add those two things together and it's a hundred, great. If it's over a hundred, then you have a specialty. I just think, uh, you know, and I think it was a couple of listeners that mentioned it. I know Nikki definitely did is uh, she's right in terms of the, the special teams is really important when you get to playoffs. And ironically at the beginning of the season, both special teams for Vegas were actually going quite well. We had an episode where we were talking about the power play looked like it was now performing and we were in the Mm -hmm. kind of mid twenties, 23, 24%. So it has kind of fallen Mm -hmm. off a little bit. It will be a factor when it comes to trades um, and I've got a few points that we can raise quickly on the trades, but if you want to cover your points around the power play and stuff, JP, I'll let you go first. But there will be a link between these two things. So is the power yeah. play and penalty kill something they'll be looking at when they look at trades? 100% they will be, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I don't think there's any doubt that McCrimmon and McPhee would like to improve the special teams if they can. I do think, I have a theory on that. I think... Because this team is built differently than a lot of cup championship teams, because Vegas is a team full of really good players and some great players, but no bona fide generational. We don't, the Golden Knights don't have an Ovechkin. They don't have a uh, Connor McDavid. We know this. Yep. They have some great players, but, but Vegas has never been structured that way. They're, they take that talent and spread it out over all four lines. And even though you have your Eichels and your Stones, who are outstanding players, they're not considered sort of generational superstar players, like cream of the crop, best players in the world kind of thing. Yep. And I think that's part of the team's identity. And that is part of why special teams sometimes does suffer particularly power play. Because sometimes the penalty kill has been great. It's a great defensive team. And think about it. What... A lot of times, the, the teams that are really deadly on the power play, what do they have? They usually have superstar skill skills players. Scoring yep. on the power play, a lot of times, is a skills game. And that doesn't match with what makes Vegas such a good five-on-five team. It, they have some skill, 
but Vegas is five on five play. It's really, it's really well-rounded. It's, it's got a, a good amount of skill, but they can also grind. They love to get the puck deep. Like Vegas wills the puck into the net. And if it's not working one way, they'll get it into the net another way. But it's interesting, their approach to the game, and some of it is the way Cassidy coaches, I just don't think the team is built to be a great power play team. I, I, I think I at this point we can definitively say that. This roster is not the kind of roster that's ever going to have an amazing power play. And maybe that's okay. Would McCrimmon and McPhee like to improve it? Of course, Yep. And I will say during the playoffs, the power play did improve considerably. Their power play numbers were better during the playoffs. That being said, as Nikki mentioned, they won the cup through their five on five play and their defense, right? So it's interesting, but that's my theory. I think, just don't think this roster is the kind of roster that's going to have a deadly power play. It's just don't have those kind of players. But when we get to the trade section, we can talk about that. Could the power play be improved with a couple of moves? Maybe, maybe. It's, it'll be interesting to see. So one last little bit to touch on, and then let's get into this trade stuff. We want to save some of this for the trade deadline episode in the UK, but obviously there's also a lot of news we don't have yet. But we can talk a little bit about the Riley Smith thing and uh, and speculate a little bit there. But yeah. um, but one of, one of our viewers asked um, about a goalie. Do you see them picking up a goalie potentially – I have my thoughts on that, but Ian, I'll let you go first. So, so the short answer is is no, um, but and the long answer, I guess, is the key. And, and it's a really good question to ask. Um, and I'm going to caveat this by saying, until the trade deadline actually happens, what I'm about to say could totally change. So, yeah, it's as, all speculation. As, as of today, yeah. with Logan Thompson healthy and Aiden Hill healthy. And, you know, if there's any minor stuff, they've got a guy that can bring up and down. It's, um, I forget his name. Is, is it, oh, his name's going to out of my head. Um, oh, Patera. Patera, thank you. Um, yeah, Yuri Patera. Yuri, I was trying to remember his first name, and I was thinking, it's definitely because of the J. And um, so, Yuri, and he, <laughs> like, like, and the reality is, he's not going to get picked up on waivers. So you can bounce him up and yeah. down. He may even be waivers exempt right. now, and he's not going to get picked up. So you can drop him in. He plays a couple of games, and he goes back down to the minors. Um, but if Aiden Hill was to go down injured, especially if it was season ending, would they be in the market? I think they would. Because I think, I think the way they that they're built would. is to have two goalies. They don't want to run one. And mm. last year, they you know, and these guys have got long memories, but they don't need them because they'll remember last year, the reason Aiden Hill was in goal was because Brossois started the playoffs, got injured, and somebody else stepped in. So it definitely happens. Right. And they're committed, I yeah. believe, to rolling two goalies um, into the playoffs. We got a question last time about, mm -hmm. do we think they're going to play Hill more than Thompson going forward? I think they will start to do that, but I don't think they're going to sacrifice mm -hmm. Hill's health for it because they want two players, two goalies, fit goalies going in. Um, and if that was to change mm -hmm. for the deadline, would be the market? Yes. Who would they be looking at? Well, it depends how much you want to spend. If you're willing to give a lot and I don't know how Vegas would even do do this but you know yeah, Markstrom is one of the names that's been touted around there is a few goalies that are on expiring contracts um, they're not particularly goalies you would uh, you would be killing yourself to have though so I don't know I think unlike the previous years it could be quite difficult if one of the goalies was to go down to naturally just go out and find somebody to fill that that goal, uh, you know, literally, right. because they then what they're not going to do here is take on cap. So 
And that nicely takes me to the question we had a lot of things on, which was Riley Smith. And mm-hmm. listeners and viewers and are going to hate this yeah. now. I like Riley Smith. And I know that you guys as a fan base love him. Rightly so. He's a very good player. He won the cup with you, which I think was very fitting. Um, he seems like a really nice guy as well. Probably good with the fan base. All the boxes ticked. However, he's not coming back to Vegas. And the reason why, and again, I could be proven wrong by this, that's fine, is because of his contract. So he has a modified no-trade clause, which almost certainly does not include Vegas, okay? So he has a 10-team, no, sorry, 12, no, he has a 10-team no-trade list, right, which definitely doesn't include Vegas. We know that already. Um, But he has two years of $5 That's the cap hit, okay? So the price of how much he costs is irrelevant. That's the cap hit. Now, the Vegas Golden Knights next season, because we had a good question about UFAs, which I'm going to pick up very quickly, is that next season you're looking at a total cap space um if i can find it here of projected cap space of 14 million next year which sounds like a lot until you realize that within that you've got quite a few people you've got to sign including chandler stevenson and jonathan marshall show so can they sign both those players and make the cap you know cap juggle, uh, juggle work yeah they probably could and they probably will try to and no doubt they're trying to do that already but if they brought Riley Smith into the mix, that's dead because he's there for an, And you're not yeah. going to trade him, trade him away again. He's not going to want that. Um, would he mm-hmm. want another cup run? Yes. But you can't pre-agree then to trade him back to somebody else like in the off season. And right. so I just don't see Vegas doing that. I think they'll, they'll go for somebody who's either an RFA or a UFA. So it gives them options. One of those options being that they, they trade them, but more than likely that either they sign them like they did Barbashev or they, they drop them and they just, you know, if they win the cup, they drop it. So I think, you know, so I, I don't see them going for, for Riley Smith. I get why everybody sees the natural linkage. And I think if he had a one-year, £5 million contract, I 100% would be on that bandwagon. But I think because he's got the two yeah. years, I just don't see them doing it. Some of the names that I think mm-hmm. should be in the mix just to hop us onto the trade deadline. And you're right, we don't want to spend too long covering this, so we do appreciate the questions. We are going to throw some stuff in. But the reason being is we're going to cover all of this in massive amounts of depth when we're in that fish and chip shop uh, in the UK, <laughs> wherever it is that we end up filming. Um, <laughs> That'll be our together. trade deadline episode, yeah. So, And you know, these names, we could talk, I could talk through, there were so many potential candidates for the Vegas Golden Knights. But here's two things that I think that they're going to take into consideration before I read these names off. The face-off percentage isn't great, and it relies heavily on Chandler Stevenson bumping that number up. So center depth, mm-hmm. I think, is something they'll be considering. Special teams, yeah. I totally agree with everybody that said that. That's a consideration. Scoring, definitely a consideration. So who does that leave in terms of mix? Well, you've got players. Obviously, you've got players like Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, as the standings are today in the East, Detroit are currently in a wild card spot. If they stay in that spot, are they going to trade Patrick Kane? Hell no, they're not going to trade Patrick Kane. He is on a super cheap deal and he is scoring mm-hmm. points. Not many goals, admittedly, but he wasn't in Chicago years at the end either. Um, and they bought, right. they bought him in for the natural linkage with him and Alex to bring it. So let's take him off that for right now. But you've got players like Jake Gensel, 
And I'm staring at my phone, by the way, as I can't remember all these names off the top of my head. You've got uh, <laughs> Pavel Butchnevich, which is one of the ones that's been, that's an easy name to say, which has been mentioned a bit. He's at the St. Louis Blues. He's not in the mix for us because he's got term. So he's a problem. He's in the mix for other teams that can afford to pay him year on year on year. But I think he's got two years, a bit like Riley Smith. He's got a couple of years. You've got Carter, Jeff Carter at Pittsburgh. Uh, I can hear groans already, but I'm just saying, like, he's a center. He has depth, <laughs> right? He can take face-offs. You know, he's 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 a good penalty kill guy. Like there are reasons why you might you know, and he's cheap. So you could go and get a Jeff Carter, uh, and I don't mean in terms of cap. He's cheap in terms of cap as well. But he's cheap as in like what you're giving up a third, a fourth. Like you don't have to give up like a first right. round pick. Um, you right. got now more expensive people like Duclair at San Jose, and again I can still hear the groans. Uh, Eberle, Wenberg, Adam Henrique, Chris Tanev, Tyler Johnson, Jack Roslovic, these are all players that could well be in the mix. And some of the names you guys no doubt are hating me even mentioning. But the reality is there is quite a lot of kind of center or you know scoring in some of those names I mentioned then, depth players. These aren't like top top, top, top six forwards that are going to come in and, and totally change your franchise. But you don't, you don't need them to. You just need to come in and serve as a job, which is exactly what people are, why people think of Riley Smith, is they're thinking third line, scoring, yeah. can move up the, you know, up the lines if he needs to. And that's what I see them doing. Right. I think they've got cap. And just to f- my final point for our pass over GJP, is that first round pick which I believe you have, and I'm just going to double check now, now that I'm saying this, because if, if you haven't got it, this is a really stupid comment. You do. Good. So it's not a stupid I think comment. so, yeah. I did my research. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is that you've got your 2024 first round pick. You are going to be in the playoffs, which means that first round pick is worth very little to the Vegas Golden Knights. The way the draft is this mm-hmm. year, and we will do a draft special, not in the UK, that'll have to be like this, but cl- closer to the draft, <laughs> But I tell you now, everything I've read is that the top 15 to 20 players are pretty good. They're not elite level talent, right? The top five or six are pretty good. After that, it kind of drops into being the you know, the bubble players. Like, are they going to be talent? Are they not? Don't know. Like what you see mm-hmm. with most drafts. But after 20, it really drops off. So Vegas have got space. They've got the first round pick. They've got a second round pick as well. Like they've got cap. They've got, they've got cap. Sorry, they've got things that people would want. So they'll be active. I'll tell you that now. They will be yeah. active, but they're not going to yeah. tie themselves in knots for next season. Marcia So is their right. priority. Stevenson, I think, is, a, is is very important as well. But Jonathan Marcia Show is one of the faces of that franchise. Like I would be amazed if they just let him go at the end of the season and didn't try and re-sign him. Oh, it makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, Con Smythe winner. Yeah. yeah, and like he's still performing. It's not like it's just because you want to give him like a hurrah. And like the only way I could see no. it dropping off, and maybe the only reason the extension hasn't been done yet, is his age. He's thirty three. Yeah. So an injury to him. Do you want to sign into a four-year deal and he gets injured this season? Probably not. Right. Um, but yeah. is, they'll sign him in the off-season. They'll sign yeah. him in the off-season if they can agree. Yeah. To terms going to be the uh, the thing. But we see a lot of that's teams that sign players to thirty-seven, thirty-eight. So you know, I can yeah. see yeah, exactly. But that's my yeah. It's a question blurb. of it's a question of how many years really is what it boils down to. But 100%. yeah, I feel like the the over. The overarching trends that I see here, if if we were going to look at it from 30,000 feet, I think it's fairly clear that the Knights are going to be in the market for forwards, right? Probably, maybe centers, like you said, but forwards. I don't think they're going to be in the market for D-men, especially if all the defense are healthy and they're defensively are, are quite deep. 
that's not an area I don't think that the team is lacking. I don't see them picking up defensemen. So I, I think, no. and assuming, like you said, that Hill and Thompson are both healthy at the trade deadline, I also do not see them picking up a goalie. So it's it's going to be forward city, uh, I think. And then I think, going back to something you were talking about earlier, it's just not the Knights style, like you said, ever to pick up people at the deadline, like you said, who have term on their contract. It might've, they might've done something like that early when they were building the roster mm-hmm. or closer to the expansion times, but no, not now that they're a contender, everybody that they pick up is either a, compl- a total rental and they're not big on total rentals. Jonathan quick was a rental, but that was also a kind of an emergency situation because of injury and they needed it. So they're not really into the rental thing, but everybody they pick up tends to be somebody who's a rental with potential. <laughs> Barbashev was a rental with potential because it would have been yeah. really easy. But you can, well, you can coin that, mate. That, that's brilliant. Rental with potential. I love it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's true. Never never really heard anybody say that mm-hmm. exactly. But uh, yeah, that's what Barbashev was, right? And, and he performed really well in the playoffs, proved his worth, and earned himself a new contract offer and possibly bumped Riley Smith, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because if they'd let Barbashev go, Riley Smith probably would have would have still been a golden knight at that point. And that's just hockey. That's how it goes. But yeah, those are kind of the two trends that I see. I think, I think you're spot on Ian, and that's just kind of a summary, just sort of a summary from a high elevation, you know, but I think that's kind of what we can expect for our listeners who are curious about that mm-hmm. off season, all bets are off. It depends on so many factors and, uh, it's really hard to speculate on all that other than what you said, got to resign Marcia. So probably got to resign Stevenson. And then, Everything after that is going to be negotiable, but um, it depends how far you go. Well, great as well. episode, I mean, and if mm-hmm. sorry, just to, to, to finish that because obviously a really good question asking yeah. about the off season. I, I do think it's something that Vegas management are already already thinking about. But if you get knocked out in the first of round of playoffs, then you're probably going to do more moving and shaking than if you totally. get to the Stanley Cup final winner or lose it. If you if you you know if you prove that you're the best in the West again, then. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to want to keep the band together, aren't you? If 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 the band fails at the first hurdle, uh, you might look at the, the analytics and go, you know what, we we need we need to be stronger. You know, one of the comments mm-hmm. was about them being a, not as a kind of physical team as they used to be, but then maybe that's what they decide right. to do, and and that could mean yeah. all kinds of changes. Um, but Marcia so to me is yeah. like I, I would be. With Vegas, I probably wouldn't be as surprised as other teams that if they let him go. But I just, I just don't see why you would. It's just, it's, there's no, yeah, there's nothing, there's no benefit to me of doing that other than obviously a cap, like space yeah. that you create from doing it. I think he'll be a top priority, and I also think what he brings not only on the ice but what he brings to the locker room. I think he is a a cog in the wheel of leadership and motivation for this team as well. Like his personality is kind of an integral part of the organization. So I think you're right. I think re-signing him will be top priority. And before we wrap up, just one more thing that you mentioned there that came to mind for me is the, the way the playoffs uh, play out and whoever wins the cup and how they win it will have a big effect on all the teams in the off season because it's a copycat league. Yep. What happens? Vegas had a huge influence on the league by when they won the cup. Everybody watched them. They said, how did they win the cup? What did they do? They won it in such a dominant fashion. We need to be building our team like that. And so this year, 
if the team that wins wins in some new way or wins in a way that's something a little different that we haven't seen in a while, then teams are going to be wanting to, oh, that's the, that's how you win now. In the modern NHL, that's what works. Mm-hmm. And that that has a huge effect on the kind of moves that teams make in, in the offseason. So you're right. It's very hard to make that call till we see how deep does Vegas go and who eventually wins the cup. Those are, or goes deep, right? Even if they don't win the cup, who makes it to the conference finals? That has a huge influence on this league. All eyes are on these teams that go that far and then teams act accordingly. So yeah, totally agree. Well, great, great episode, Ian, buddy. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. I know we've become friends and we've been doing this for a couple of years now. Uh, I don't think anything will be different, but it'll be wild to actually be in the same room with you the next time that we record. So, uh, for our listeners, uh, definitely tune in check out the next one we're going to be in a pub or an ice rink in the uk or something along those lines we're going to make some calls and find an appropriate location to record something fun and that will be our trade line trade deadline special in approximately two weeks so thanks again everybody next the knights face the hurricanes and this episode will probably be out by the time that game happens if not it'll be the day after but knights hurricanes at home tomorrow hopefully they can bounce back with a good win after a weak game against the wild so thanks again everybody and ian thanks as always great chatting with you and for our listeners take care stay safe and we'll see you next time bye-bye